0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, a Conservative motion urges the House of Commons to formally censure the Defence Minister. Minister Sejan misled Canadians about his service. He mismanaged ships and jet fleet contracts. And he covered up sexual misconduct allegations for three years. Christia Freeland fires back at comments made by Green Party leader Annamie Paul.
1: Ms. Freeland would not have any of this telling global news she's not a token and she would never accuse another woman politician of being some man's token and i think this was key this is not how feminists treat other women
0: and the current estimates for the center block renovation on parliament hill put the cost as high as five billion dollars we now have concept designs for the restored and modernized center block as well as the addition of the new Parliamentary Welcome Center. I can tell you that this work requires a significant investment, but it is a necessary one. It's Friday, June the 18th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by CBC at issue panelist Althea Raj. Althea, thank you for being with us today.
1: Good morning, Mark.
0: So a couple of things happened yesterday in the House of Commons that are worth talking about. In a moment, we'll talk about opposition parties voting to declare the government in contempt of Parliament. We'll talk about that in a moment. But Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan was censured after a majority of votes in the House condemned him over his handling of several files in the mm-hmm. defense portfolio, including sexual misconduct in the Canadian Armed Forces. Uh, this was a conservative motion, and it passed 169 to 151. So let's start with that. What There's been a lot of pressure, obviously, on Harjit Sajjan recently and throughout his time as defense minister. So where does that leave things?
1: Yeah, well, the motion doesn't really, um, it's not obviously a good thing, um, but it has no enforcement. It doesn't mean that the minister won't be able to stand in the House and uh, make statements or uh, that any of his responsibilities or privileges will be affected. But it is quite something to have um, basically all the opposition parties tell you that uh, they believe you've misled Canadians on the withdrawal of fire jets in the fight against ISIS, that they believe you misled Canadians about your service records, that um, you presided over the wrongful accusation and dismissal of Vice Admiral Norman, and that you're engaged in a cover-up of sexual misconduct allegations in the Canadian Armed Forces. So those are some pretty heavy charges, and the Liberals uh, took to social media to defend uh, their national defence minister, um, especially on the uh, misleading... Of his record, they pointed out that Mr. Sajan is a highly decorated uh, Kane Arms Forces member, uh, his work in Afghanistan. So um, it was quite personal, it seemed, for the Liberals. I think, Mark, what the Conservatives are trying to do is to take the focus away from the problems within the institution. You know, we've talked so much about how so many high-ranking Canadian Forces members are now under investigation over some type of sexual misconduct allegation um, and that you know the rot is in uh, the National Defence Department. They're trying to move the focus away from um, the people uh, in that organization and bring it back to where they believe it should lie and where it will help them in a potential election, which is squarely at the feet of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau for having kept Minister Sajjan, who beyond those four points has been criticized for his handling or non-handling of uh, several military uh, files um that he he's a terrible communicator um even things that he's done well he seems to be uh, uh, not able to um sell properly if i can say that uh so um, now the focus is on you know why did the prime minister keep this um Underperforming minister uh, in the fold for so long, um, there is, uh, you know, very little chance that the prime minister will take um, the conservative leader's advice and, and right. fire his defence minister. But um, I think it it, it uh, helps the conservatives feel like they, they are they have a win um, as mm. we head towards the end of this sitting.
0: All right, let's talk about the other vote. Um, opposition parties voted to declare the government in contempt of parliament. This ties into uh, the story of, of documents that could explain the firing of a couple of scientists who worked at a lab in Winnipeg. Um, and they, they were fired, apparently, around concerns over their ties with Chinese military research. And uh, the opposition is asking for more information and not getting it, Right.
1: Yeah, it's such an interesting story. So uh, as you kind of laid out, it's this mystery surrounding what happened at the Winnipeg National Microbiology Lab, um, where these two scientists were removed from the lab in 2019 and then fired earlier this year. And the Conservatives have been asking lots of questions about the work that these um, scientists were doing with uh, Chinese defense um, military scientists, And they've asked for, four times now, um, records to be released, uncensored records to be released. And the government has refused, um, claiming national security reasons. Uh, The government says it's willing to release the documents to um, the the National Security Committee, uh, the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians. Uh, this was the committee that had been set up. Um, the Conservatives call it the Liberals Committee, that answers to Justin Trudeau, but it was set up on that model, if you'll recall several years ago when we talked about Afghan de where um, it wasn't really a... Well, that was a bit different, but this is not a House committee, but the members who sit on the committee from all parties have special security clearance and they can deal with very sensitive files, but they are not allowed to say what they have learned and so the opposition wants to talk about what has happened so they don't want the files to go to that committee and the government has been stolen walling and what happened on Thursday is really un- unprecedented it hasn't happened for more than a hundred years is the head of the public health uh, agency basically was called to the bar so um, he will have to go um, Ian Stewart in Stewart Stewart Yep. Um, He'll have to go to the bar and explain basically why um, the documents have not he has not produced that uh, he's supposed to produce them. But he will have a public censure as a public servant. Um, so it's quite unprecedented. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't mean the documents, unfortunately, um, will be produced. The government could still stonewall.
0: All right, let's talk about Christia Freeland, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister, and Green Party leader Annamie Paul. Freeland has shot back at Paul saying she's not a token after uh, Paul had suggested she was a female shield for the Prime Minister. Uh, How did did this all flare up?
1: (laughs) I think you talked about it with John Iverson yesterday, but this is the... The Shakespearean drama, if to yeah. use your words, yesterday, uh, happening in the Green Party. So, yet again, uh, Annemie Paul, the leader of the Green Party, um, on Thursday took to the airwaves and had a press conference as well, uh, attacking again uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau um, as being basically the reason why Janica Atwin, um, the Green Party MP from Fredericton, crossed the floor to join the Liberals. Um, she has accused the Prime Minister of being a fake feminist. Um and in an interview on Thursday, she accused, as you said, Christopher Freeland of serving as a female shield for the Prime Minister. Well, Miss Freeland would not have any of this. Uh, telling um global news, she's not a token and she would never accuse another woman politician of being some man's token. And I think this was key. This is not how a feminist treats other women. Mm. And so, um, Ms. Paul has been basically saying that uh, all these women around the Prime Minister have no agency, Ms. Freeland, Ms. Atwin, and uh, Christina Freeland seemed to have enough of it and decided she would come out forcefully against it. Um, and if I can just add, it is rather preposterous to think that um, the Prime Minister somehow owes Ms. Paul um, uh, the... The favor, the respect of not trying to poach his MPs because she's a a woman who happens to lead a political party. Right. Um, You know that the the prime minister doesn't work for the Green Party; he works for the Liberal Party. Um, But uh, yes, yes, yet another piece of drama um, in the uh, Green Party squabbles, internal imploding. I'm not sure what word you want to use.
2: Yeah.
1: Clearly, this story is not going away. I'm sure we'll be talking more about it next week.
0: All right. Uh, And just quickly as we wrap up, uh, we learned yesterday that the renovations, the restorations that are taking place uh, 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 at Centre Block on Parliament Hill uh, are going to cost as much as $5 billion and take until 2030 to complete. It's perhaps not surprising. It's not unusual that a renovation project runs long and over budget, but $5 billion. That's a lot of money.
1: It's a lot of money. Maybe it won't seem as that much money seeing as we've just spent hundreds of billions of dollars fighting the pandemic, but uh, it's a lot of money to spend on uh, one building. Um, It is basically the crown jewel of Canadian architecture though. Um, And it has not had really a serious renovation since it was built um, after the fire. more than 100 years ago, so uh, there's going to be lots of changes. Apparently, this is my favourite fact from yesterday's briefing. Um, This building was the largest uh, energy um, consumer within the public um, services portfolio of buildings, and now it is going to be a carbon-neutral facility with significant reduction in energy and water consumption. They're changing the windows. They're removing 20 million pounds of asbestos. They're properly insulating the thing. Um, so it's it looks like it's going to be quite pretty. And for the MPs, they are now, it appears from the mock-ups, going to have to learn to sit on benches, like in the British House of Commons. Oh. They will no longer have their own little desks.
0: Interesting. All right, Althea, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on all of these stories, uh, and have a great weekend.
1: Thank you very much. You too,
0: Mark. That's CBC at-issue panellist Althea Raj. They
1: knew that this would undermine my leadership at very early stages for reasons that it would be very hard for me to defend myself against.
0: Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Susan Delacourt argues, Justin Trudeau may benefit from the Green Party implosion, but he can hardly be blamed for it. Delacourt writes... Trudeau is not the Green Party leader's biggest problem, though Annamie Paul is increasingly portraying him that way. She is correct in saying that the Liberals profited from Green Party turmoil and certainly delighted in welcoming a new MP to the fold. But to suggest that this whole drama was engineered by Trudeau probably gives the Liberals too much credit. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues without a quick resolution to their leadership crisis, the Greens will fade away. Martin writes, when the majority of a party's National Governing Council delivers a furious tirade against their own leader's behavior after just eight months on the job, there's serious trouble ahead. Anime Paul could have and should have been the best thing to happen to the Green Party of Canada since the Arctic started melting and climate change became an urgent political priority. But the overarching impression from the last two weeks is one of seriously flawed leadership over an internally fractured party. In the Montreal Gazette, Tom Mulcair argues the new Official Languages Bill takes nothing away from English-speaking Canadians in Quebec. Mulcair writes, With Bill C-32, the Liberal government is proposing that Parliament take a series of steps to make the promise of the Official Languages Act a reality, more than 50 years after it was enacted. There will be all sorts of arguments about creating two classes of rights for official languages— Such arguments are, in theory, valid, but in reality, these changes take nothing away from English-speaking Canadians in Quebec or elsewhere. Bill C-32 seeks to right linguistic wrongs. The English-speaking community of Quebec is in a unique position to explain why that's a good idea. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. A parliamentary committee will hold hearings this afternoon into the funding available for the search for the remains of Indigenous children buried on the grounds of former residential schools. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more.
2: Mark, with only days to go in the spring sitting of Parliament, and with a very real possibility of a fall election called and Parliament not returning, the House of Commons Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage is kicking off its study of the funding available to help locate the remains or suspected remains of Indigenous children who may be buried at the sites of former residential schools. At this, the first inaugural meeting of the committee, MPs will hear from officials from the Department of Canadian Heritage. It's an interesting choice of committees and venues because much of the lead on this issue comes from the Department of Indigenous and Northern Affairs. So it'll be interesting to see how the Canadian Heritage Department intends to go about helping Indigenous people across the country explore this very painful issue and try to identify and commemorate their loved ones. This week, the Ontario government joined the federal government in announcing its own funding for this purpose. And at this week's meeting of the Western and Territorial Premiers, a number of them said that their governments are just putting the finishing touches on similar funding commitments. So it'll be an interesting meeting to watch at committee today. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will
0: hold a news conference to provide an update on COVID-19. He will also meet virtually with students from Nelson Mandela High School in Calgary, Alberta. Before taking part in a fireside chat during the 2021 Chinese Canadian Leaders Summit, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will meet virtually with members of the local Muslim community in Toronto. She will also have a virtual meeting with young leaders from the Edmonton region. Blood Quebecois leader Yves Francois Blanchette will continue his visit to Quebec City. Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller will announce funding in support of Indigenous community projects to strengthen food security and agricultural economic development. Justice Minister David Lametti and Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Carolyn Bennett will speak to the media regarding the passing in the Senate of Bill C-15. Fisheries Minister Bernadette Jordan will make a green infrastructure announcement for Nova Scotia. Natural Resources Minister Seamus O'Regan will make an announcement in St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador. And Immigration Minister Marco Mendocino will announce new initiatives to help Canada assist more refugees. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, June the 18th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.